and welcome to another episode of Youth View, a podcast by Skill Creative. I'm Isaac. I'm Brayden. And I'm Eric, and we're excited to be working with Skilled Creative to talk about some interesting topics with you today. Hi, I'm Isaac, and today on Youth View, we're going to be looking at social media. Up first, we're going to be talking about algorithms and tracking. Have you ever noticed, like, on TikTok that you'll like a specific post, and then after that, like, all of those things will come to your For You page? Yeah, I have. It took a while, but it did happen to me. It did happen to me. It took a while, though. Like, sometimes even the same post, like, I've been going through where, like, one TikTok live has come up, I haven't even touched it, scrolled down, and it's the same TikTok live. Yes, I've had that happen before. Sometimes I'll have, like, the same video just posted by different people pop up. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's crazy that TikTok can actually um, identify that it's the same video. Mm. And and show it to you again, or maybe maybe it's not identifying the same video. I was but say, is it actually identifying? It's just, it it's just like, oh yeah, this one's this one. This person would like this. Yeah, so much South Park as well, and like TV shows. Yeah, yeah but see, South Park's taken off in the last couple. Of, it was Family Guy, and now it's now it's South Park. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, it's, it's interesting how um social media and and stuff tracks what you watch and um sees what you're into and uses it to it's kind of scary because like i swear there's been times where i've been speaking to people and i mentioned like oh lawnmowers and then suddenly i'll open up tiktok and there's a lawnmower there yeah and i saw a thing oh yesterday day before whenever it was uh that apparently tiktok knows like what way you're facing which how fast you're moving which direction you're moving that kind of thing it was just really weird what this guy had to say and he wasn't just like, oh, I'm doing this because it's my beliefs. Like, he'd done research on it and was not prof- a professional, but one of those people that has done research and seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, well, it wasn't, t- it wasn't um, TikTok who, um, you know, started the tracking thing. It was going on before TikTok was even a thing. Facebook, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Facebook was really the first one that um, got a lot of attention for it. Um Although nothing really seems to be done. They were like, oh wait, no, they did. They did take t- Facebook to um court to court, yeah, yeah and court. yeah, you know, had the, all those memes about him looking like a lizard, um, old old Zuckerberg. What do you mean looking like? Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, they they took him. Um, yeah, they took him to court, and but nothing was done about it. I think. Um, I think that was over like the fact that you could look up a specific product and then it would come up on your Facebook ads. Yeah, I think it, I, it's mainly for that. Uh, why they track all your, you know, what you're into and whatever. It's to advertise to you. Yeah. More, f- more effectively. That actually happened to one of our teachers at our school. Um, he was he was looking up wedding rings before he got like married, and him and his now wife have a. Like, I had a conjoined or still have a conjoined uh, oh. Facebook thing, and it came up on their ads. Oh, wow. And so the wife knew. Up next on today's episode, we're going to be doing our little game, Under Pressure. Under Pressure. Under Pressure. All right, welcome to Under Pressure. We've got Braden over there with the Under Pressure... Uh, a prompt box. He's shaking it up, and he's gonna pull one out. Um, and we'll do Isaac first. So basically, he asks a question and um, pulls out of the under pressure box, and Isaac answers it. All right. All right, Isaac. 
What is your scariest experience? Oh, my scariest experience. I reckon I was cooking home alone once and it was before I got my dogs, like before I had dogs in the house and it was just me. My parents and my sister were out somewhere and I was just making, I don't remember what I was making, but I was cooking and then I had a movie playing on the TV on like Netflix or something. It changed to regular TV and then started rapidly changing through channels. Gary. Wow. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I did not sleep a wink that night. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'll, um, I'll pull one out for, um, Brayden here. This is a good one for Brayden. Uh, if you had to name your child after any car brand, what would it be? Well, that is a really, really difficult question for me. Um, I think probably, uh, Apollo. Oh, that's a good one. It, that's it'd pretty. Be a really that. good name for even... Not not girl a girl maybe but a boy is, would be yeah, a really good name for him. So seems like a unisex name, you know, like yeah. like Riley or or Bob. Yeah. Well, that was our that was our segment uh, under pressure. Under pressure. Up next, we're going to talk about um, older generations not really understanding social media. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's a common thing for um, uh, older people to not under- quite understand, you know, newer things, you know. Uh, for example, you know, older people more likely to be scammed over the phone or over the internet because they don't quite, you know, understand it. Yeah. Um, it's all new to them. Yeah, it's all new. Um, they, yeah, they don't quite get social media either. Like, it's, all, it's always cute when you get those people on, those older people on TikTok whose grandkids or whatever make them... Uh, do the tic- TikToks, Do yeah. the TikToks for them and things. But generally speaking, most old people don't get into new trends or or download social media of any kind. You know, Facebook has become mostly the safe haven for elderly social media users, you know. Like, yeah, I was going to say. I know... I know if, you know, my, my parents, they don't have Instagram or, or TikTok or anything. They just use Facebook most of the time. Yeah, same um, with my parents. So. so, yeah. My grandparents are, like, decent at Instagram. Like, my dad's side, my grandfather and grandmother, are good. They're, they're good at it. But on uh, the other side, like my mum's side, my grandpa and grandma don't really know how to use Instagram. Yeah. Generally, new technology isn't getting, getting through to the older generation. Um, that age barrier is, you know, I guess it's a bit of a problem in some situations. So yeah, I think I think it also has something to do with just how quickly things are advancing nowadays. Just yeah, old people just can't keep up. Yeah, and um, the same the same thing will eventually happen to us. We won't be able to keep yeah. up with what our grandkids or even our children are doing because it's just going to advance, continue yeah. to advance and advance until we probably can't advance anymore, or we eventually wipe ourselves off the planet because we're so ridiculously stupid with it yeah that's grim <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's, it's the truth though yeah i mean there's so many like new social media things happening like that that one a while ago a good example of that is the the tide pod trend of where people would cook and eat soap oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that was just ridiculous that was stupid we still did it yeah though. the trend <laughs> Well, yeah, trends are, are an example of yeah yeah things changing quickly, but 
But yeah, so I guess uh, with social media and stuff, um, we need to help the old generation. Like, um, you know, social media is a important thing for businesses nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, businesses that have older people in charge or running it um, may not have the same capability to to advertise or, or utilise social media um, to their best abilities. That's why generally... Um, like there's new professions that are entirely based around advertising yeah um on social media and uh generally the the ones that are on social media are, the positions for social media are generally hold held by younger generations in the people in their tw- 20s and, and and early 30s simply because they just have a better understanding of how social media works and and different stuff like that another With thing business. as well is like you see so many of those like it's it's become sort of like a stereotype as well because i've noticed like not not particularly with my family but i know a few of my other friends who've got like grandparents living with them or something they've been having to help their grandparents sort of see how to work it and everything yeah even things other than social media just like TVs and stuff, smart yeah. TVs. Yeah, well, even like Wi-Fi routers that aren't working and stuff like that. You certainly, you can certainly see or hear people say that they've had to fix that for their grandparents because, or grandparents or parents because they're just not that tech savvy, so they can't. Yeah. They don't really know how to work work these things because, let's be honest, they were born seventy. Years ago, in some cases, so they're yeah, they were born in a different generation to us, and the first time they really saw any kind of technology like we've got today was when our parents were born, and even then, it's it's still yeah. not as still not as advanced as what we've got now. Like, it's just crazy. Mm. Well, that concludes our second segment of this podcast. Up next, we have an interview with Jordan Crotty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the interview segment of our podcast today. Uh, our guest for today is Jordan Crotty. G'day, guys. How are we? So, first off, uh, who are you and what is your experience in the entertainment industry? G'day, guys. My name is Jordan Crotty. I am the podcast host entertainment teacher at North Lakes High School. Uh, my, my experience in the entertainment industry starts 15 years ago. So, when I was in high school, I joined a band, started playing shows, Local shows um, around Wyong at the youth centre in Wyong called Wyong Oasis. Um, we also played in pubs um, as well around Wyong. I think it used to be called the Chili Lounge, but it doesn't exist anymore. Um, from there, we started to push out and play shows out of the local area. So we uh, moved up and played some shows in Newcastle and Sydney. And then we got better and better and better. Then we started to go to Queensland. Then we went down to Victoria. We've been out rural um, before. We've been as far north as the Sunshine Coast, I think, and as far west as I can't remember the name of the town, but it's like right out in the middle of like nowhere basically. From there, um, I was doing that in year 11 and 12, got really into music and audio um, production because that's what my band was doing on the side. So decided when I finished year 12 that I was going to study audio production further and I went and did a diploma of audio engineering at SAE in Sydney City. 
Um, that was supposed to be a full-blown bachelor degree, but I finished halfway through because um, people were progressing in that field without formal education. They were just going out and doing it. So I didn't see the need of completing the full bachelor degree um, to succeed in that area. I felt like I had to just start doing more. So I left, started my own sole trader business, producing bands. Um, from there as well, um, I started working on the side as a stagehand for show called crewing in Sydney. Um, so I'd work at Acer Arena. Um, I'd work at uh, a range of venues across Sydney, all the way from like small 500 venue, um, 500 people capacity venues, all the way through to 50,000 seat stadiums where we would build stages, hang the audio, hang the lighting, hang the lights for people like Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, Bon Jovi, etc. Um, so I was doing audio production and stage handing at the same time. And then I decided that I wanted a more consistent career. I wanted to move from gig-based work into full-time work. So I decided that the only way to do that was in teaching. So I went and did my bachelor degree in technology teaching. And then as soon as I finished that, moved into entertainment teaching as well. And that kind of leads us to where we are now. Lovely. Well, you're very... You sound very experienced um, and as an experienced member of the entertainment industry, what is what, what is the most enjoyable or satisfying thing that you can do in the entertainment industry? It is once you've done a 12-hour event in the 40-degree summer heat is getting home and taking off your steel cap boots. That is the most enjoyable thing that you can do in the entertainment industry. Trust me, it's the best thing ever, all right? Because you'll be there all day loading stuff on and off the stage in the blaring down sun. It'll be in the middle of Sydney Olympic Park. You've got to travel all the way home covered in sweat, grime, caked on salt, covered in fake blood and dust and glitter and whatever. And it's 3 a.m. in the morning by the time you finally get home. Taking those boots off is the best thing that you can do in the entertainment industry. Lovely. All right. And um, what are some attributes in people that helps you succeed in the entertainment industry? Um, someone once told me at the start of my um, audio degree, it's about your relationships. They said that look to your left, look to your right. This is on the first day. Um, look at the people in front of you. Look at the people behind you. These are going to be your colleagues in the future years. So from there, I basically learned the lesson of you will – Learn, you will get jobs and you will get work and you will get experience from those around you. So if you close doors on relationships, you have a silly argument, you annoy someone, you think you write that person off, whatever, you never know what that person is capable of and your relationship with them in the future could lead to so many positive things, right? So um, even now I've moved into um, event photography now um, I'm talking to people that I haven't spoken to in 10 years and I'm working for them now and they're producing work for me that pays me sometimes thousands of dollars purely because I've kept in contact. We talk on social media every now and then. You go, you know, you go to parties, social outings, barbecues, you talk, you have positive relationships with people. That's the one thing that I'd say helps is positive relationships and actually going and doing it, having the experience as well. Education is one thing, the theory, theoretical knowledge, but the actual experience of showing someone a podcast, showing someone pictures of you at an event, showing people that you can do sound, you know, having photos of you at an event working, people are going to trust you that you can do it and then they're going to have a positive relationship with you. They want to hire you straight away. That's the most important thing. Lovely. All right. 
Well, um, we've gathered lots of information about you as a and as an entertainment industry member. Um, now let's move on to some questions that are on it, uh, focused on our theme for this podcast, which is so- social media. So let's start off with um, how do you use social media in your daily life? Every day. I'm addicted to it just as much as you guys. Um, as much as I'm telling you guys to put your phone away, I'm sitting there looking at my Instagram messages, my Snapchat messages, my LinkedIn messages, my emails. I'm also looking at Facebook Marketplace. I'm looking at what other social medias exist these days. I'm looking at TikTok. Um, I'm just as addicted as you guys are. I've been around since MySpace was the big thing and then Facebook took over. Um, I've been there as um, we had to log onto a computer to use social media. Before then, we were logging onto computers and using this thing called MSN. Do have you guys ever heard of MSN? Uh, once before. Yeah, really it's literally it's just there. like it's instant messaging. But you'd have to log into a computer with your email to then be able to instant message each other. Um, so I've been using it since I was 12 or 13 years old doing that. I use it for what you guys all use it for entertainment i use it to find jobs i use it to buy things i use it to um advertise my business i use it to learn from i use it for a range of different things lovely and um what do you find the most useful about social media um so you you said that you use it for your work Mm -hmm. um advertising your business yeah Mm -hmm. do you use it um school in teaching often um yes i use it as an educational tool to inform me right so um prior to youtube the way that you would find out things is by reading a book right reading a book doesn't really necessarily show you how to correctly say saw through a piece of wood it doesn't show you the correct way to hold a chisel it just describes it right so before i went into woodwork teaching even though i have a degree in teaching technology and taz and woodworking weirdly enough they don't actually teach you how to woodwork at university so i had to learn how to woodwork myself before going in and teaching my first year nine and ten classes woodwork at north lakes high school right so i had to go and watch youtube videos then i would go and test those practices out myself before i would teach the students what was going on so i was informed from a number of people from all around the world showcasing a skill in different ways and then that formed what we call as teachers our pedagogy our pedagogy is in the way that we teach individually so youtube helped shape my pedagogy by going out to these broad range of sources and seeing something visually done so then i could practice it myself yeah, so you make sure you go out and watch YouTube videos and cut yourself before. That's right. And if uh, I, I make sure that I'm going to injure myself before yeah. teaching a student to do something yeah. the wrong way. That's right. Lovely. Absolutely. All right. And um, our first segment on the on the podcast today, um, we focused on social media algorithms and um, you know the tracking of information. Uh, I just I was just wondering what your thoughts on those algorithms were. Um, it's a quite interesting question because I've seen um, social media has completely changed from what they originally were to where they are now. I think the most interesting one is something like um, Facebook. Back in the day, everyone got off MySpace and moved to Facebook as our you know, social social media. We actually used it as a social media. Like I would friend you, you would friend him, I would friend someone else and then I would make a post and then my friends would actually see that post and then they could interact with it. So I could be like, what are we doing after school today? Let's go get some fish and chips or something like that at 3 p.m. And then my friends would actually see that and then they would comment on it and be like, yep, let's all meet up at this time, blah, 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 right? 
now, if you were to post on Facebook, no one sees it. It's just like as you scroll through Facebook, what do you see? You see an ad. Then you see a suggested post from someone that you don't even follow. Then you see a Facebook marketplace thing for sale three kilometers away. Then you see a random stupid viral video. Like Facebook is not what it was originally, right? Which has made a lot of people my age leave it. No one I know actually uses Facebook anymore. They only have Facebook to maybe like attend events. It's the same thing with Instagram. Back in the day, it was Facebook and Instagram were the same thing, except Instagram was the visual version of it. Back in the day, you couldn't post pictures and video on Facebook. Now, Instagram, same thing. You would follow people, you would see the pictures they post and you could like and comment on your friends. You would scroll through and it would only be people that you follow. Now, every third post is a ad. Every fourth post is a suggested video. Every fifth post is like from some random celebrity. Then it goes back to an ad and then maybe it's someone that you follow. So out of all the posts, out of 100% of the posts, you may be seeing 10% of the people that you follow. So people, again, are leaving the social media because it's changing. And why is it changing? Well, it was always free originally. So then, you know, they start to monetize. They become these massive businesses. They need to make money to play their employees and to continue the thing going. So how do you make money as you sell advertising space? But then ultimately it does end up killing the platform, which is quite interesting to see. Yeah. You guys, uh, I'd assume that none of you really use Facebook. A lot of you don't seem to use Instagram as much. It seems to be Snapchat because it's a direct line of conversation with your friends. You are actually using it as a social media channel. TikTok's a weird one yeah. because you go, go onto it and you don't actually – I don't follow a single person on TikTok, right? I, my algorithm is just formed into what it is because this thing is feeding me stuff constantly. There is no interface with TikTok. You open it up and it's just the content is right there. So they've made it so accessible that you, it's not really a social media anymore. It's more of a social media with things around you or what you might be interested in. But who goes onto TikTok and talks with their friends on TikTok? Yeah, well, it's it's going to be interesting to see the cycle of um of social media apps um over the years because you know social media is still a relatively young thing. It's mm. it's been around for about uh, I don't know twenty. When was MySpace a thing? Yeah, like around two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Like not early two thousands, like two thousand five or something yeah. like that. Um, and that was quite like. You know, that was yeah. popular. Everyone used it. But it, again, I don't, I don't really know what drove the mass exodus of MySpace to Facebook because MySpace wasn't really advertising to people. It was way more visual than Facebook. Like you could actually post photos and stuff like that. And we, they had like, have you heard of like top friends before? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. On, oh. fa- on your MySpace profile, like you would go on and it would be like your own personal Eric website if that makes sense and then if isaac was looking at your website it would have your friends list and you would actually um have to order your top friends so on your on your on your myspace page it would have eric has 100 friends and these are eric's top eight friends and you would have to pick those right all right so if you had more than eight friends and like who makes the top eight, like, and who's going to be the number one friend and stuff like that. Yeah. So there was a lot of like back and forth of people going like, why aren't I in your, why, yeah. why am I fifth in your top friends? I thought we were better friends than that. Like it was quite interesting the way that it was designed. I always thought it was way better designed than Facebook because then you'd swap to Facebook and it would just be a white wall with text and like that was it. So I'd never really understood why people swapped, but yeah, yeah, it is well, what that, it is. I, that's interesting. So Sorry, yeah, go on. I, I think one of the reasons we don't really use um, MySpace anymore, it was this one, like, case back in 
early 2000s where this girl named Carly Ryan met a man and unfortunately he killed her. And I think that sort of was like, oh, you can meet strangers on this, flood everyone to Facebook, but then... But yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing's happened. Same thing happened. Yeah, so yeah, it's so happened. Really, it's it's happened, happened across like all. So that's like the another like whole avenue that you could go, go down with social media is like like yes, it was this cool thing and it's changed over time. But like, how has it actually influenced society and people into making these life changing decisions? And how has it actually allowed them to make these life changing decisions? You know, like before social media existed, like it was much harder to meet people, and then therefore it was much harder to like you know meet an anonymous person and then murder them or something like that and do something weird and strange. But now it's made that 10 times easier with social medias, you know? Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Crotty, for coming on our show today. Up next, we have a My Story by Isaac Starrett. My name is Isaac Starrett, and I'm 16. And this is a small but significant part of my story. When I was in year six, I decided to record a YouTube video to post on a YouTube of me playing music. I've always played music, so I decided to get my mum to stand and record after we finished recording, we uploaded it, and I used to rewatch it all the time. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But after a week, I realized that it got no views. Nobody was watching it. So I was like, oh, nobody's found me yet. So I decided to start telling people. After a week, I received my first comment. I did not read the comment for one day. One day, I was too scared to read the comment. But the next day, I was like, okay, I'll see what it says. It said, keep up the good work. You'll sound amazing. I don't know who wrote it, because it was anonymous. But I was happy. Not long, I decided to start posting more and more. I joined a band and posted a video of us playing, and that got over 1,800 views. Not long after that, I noticed that I had gained 50 subscribers. Having the confidence to post more and more has really shown that no matter what people say, as long as there's positives, you can keep posting. And I have gained some negative f feedback, but I just sort of shun it away. People are not going to like things all the time, as long as it makes you happy to post it. This has been a small but significant part of my story. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Youth View, a podcast by Skill Creative.